I've had long debates with people about this um, and no one wants to believe me, not no one, but a lot of people want to argue the point with me. Um, but I'm just like, it's the truth. Um, knowledge is not power. It is only potential. Come on. So you hear that concept, which I'm all fine, we're talking about still, this is still in line with foundations and understanding, you know, how we're building legacy. What good is it for me to have all this information if I never apply it? So we walk into situations all the time where we know what to do, but we don't do it. Therefore, your, your, your knowledge is not power in that moment. It's potential. It has the potential to help you. It has the potential to move you forward. It has the potential to improve what's happening around you or help you make a good decision. But if you never apply it, it, it is not powerful at any moment. So, so knowledge is only powerful when you put it into action. So whatever information, and this is to anybody out there, whatever information that is good to help build your family, to expand your family in the right direction, to build your best life, to, to be a legacy builder, you got to understand that you can't be a collector of information, but you have to apply what you know so that you can execute it. And if you execute that over and over and over again, then you'll become a legacy builder. Then you'll be building your best life and you'll be moving in the right direction. But the best that is the example of my life is what I leave behind. It's what I've left behind in lessons. It's what I've left behind in what God put in me to begin with, which is why this book had to come out because he put it in us. So the, the best thing you need to do is discovering who you are, being who you are, and then doing what you are supposed to do on earth to leave behind. Because one day I'm going to be gone, but the book can still be here. So in essence, I'm still here. If I write more books, I'm still here. If I teach my kids the same lessons that we learn, I'm still here. And, and what God put in me keeps going. And that's the goal is that, is that just like we quote, you know, well, Abraham, it's going to be like, Madison's going to be like, well, grandpa said that that's the goal is that we, is that every generation we build on what our ancestors did. We build on our parents. We build on our grandparents. You're not starting over from scratch, Madison. That'd be the biggest insult would be for you to have to start over from nothing because your parents built and your grandparents built and your great-grandparents built and, and you're standing on all of their shoulders. And when you win, your whole family wins. Yeah. Like they win, like there's a crown that they then get because you took it further. So it's like, we're all, we're in the Olympics right now because they're doing the Olympics, but it's almost like I keep seeing the the one where they pass the baton on. Oh, relay. The relay race. And I hear Hebrews 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Every one of us is running the same race that Adam run, ran. It has not been called over yet. We're in the same race. And if you make a, if you do your part, if you pass the baton on to the next person and the next person, your family can still win. No matter where they came from, no matter what they went through, you know, we, we realize that everything we do, it's elevating our whole family. It's bringing our whole family forward. And that's, that is the benefit of legacy builders is that we are keeping our family line going. We're keeping our family team together. Just being that everybody's going through something to give grace. I think 
you know, I, I just think relationships are huge. Um, we touched on that a little bit too, that, you know, a relationship is so important if you're going to inspire anybody or make a difference in anyone's life that, um, that relationship needs to be there, has to be there in order to get that out of them. But yeah, so since we talked on mine, I'll let you go tag, tag your... <laughs> was that it? What was yours again? I was thinking about something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably my biggest lesson in life was... After I failed in business, it took me like eight months to embrace that failure. That's a process to go through. I mean, that's a major event in my life. I had to, because the first two months I denied it. Then I, then I embraced it and I cried under my desk for like 30 to 40 minutes of getting all of that anger and resentment and bitterness and blaming people, got it out of my system. So, oh, now what are you going to do now? So God, through that process of healing, he was showing me the things that he wanted me to learn. Because through that failure process, if you embrace it and you listen to God, he's going to tell you every lesson you need to learn to get to your destiny. And, and the number one lesson was plans fail due to lack of counsel, but plans succeed due to many advisors. I didn't take advice. Mm. My biggest, my biggest, my, my business failure was all due to I did not take advice. Because I had my financial advisor saying, Greg, you can't grow this fast. You don't have enough cash. But I'm getting people to loan me money. I know because you're making money, the economy's going to turn. You're not ready for that. we got to strengthen your equity position up. I didn't listen to it. That was the death of me. Wow. Because I would tell everybody, if you don't like the path that you're on, go go find. We, we've been mom and dad to many, many kids of our of Trey and Trent's friends. Go find somebody like that. Find a, find a coach you trust. Find a ministry you trust. Find somebody at your church you trust. Go ask them, say, help me. Go ask for help. I never asked anybody for help my whole life. But I, I do now. Oh. I even might ask her for help. I don't know about that. That's a tough one. There. <laughs> on, a, on a really good day. No, it's just ask it. Yeah, go get advice. Go get counsel. That's why I'm leadership coaching now. Because I took my boys to individual coaching classes. For I know we sent them to reading classes, getting ready for ACT classes, math classes, speed training, conditioning training, you know, skill training in different sports. Because one-on-one -on -one coaching can help you become the very best version of yourself. No question about it. So I would say that I would say that thoughtfulness and considerate and assuming positive intent is something that's much needed within our family because it's easy for us to make assumptions. It's easy for us to, to, to push our own perspective and not look at the perspective of somebody else and where they're coming from and what's going on in their life. Um, and so uh, that's something that I continue to work on and, and, and something that Tashara has, has, has helped bring some balance into, into my life as far as uh as far as it as far as concerning thoughtfulness well i mean i, I think our, our kids see um because it is something that we both are work you know are working on um in our family our kids see if we make them you know if if we have a disagreement about something which is it's not a it's not a whole lot but if there's something that you know we we don't agree on uh or something happens or um you know we they they see the both of us, you know, we're very, very um, apologetic, you know, we're willing to say, I'm, I'm sorry, when we, you know, when we're, we make a mistake or we're, we're wrong. 
Um, and it's, it's, I think that's important that they do see that so that they until, again, like I said, will instill hopefully thoughtfulness and integrity and prosperity, not just prosperity for their, you know, for them, but also thinking about other people outside of the, of the family. Um, all of these things, I think, goes back to having a very solid, good foundation. And if the foundation is good and solid, you can continue to build on that. And it won't, it won't shift when winds come. It's still standing. And another thing that I feel like is so important in a line of business, especially with Eric, you being a builder, I just sat with a builder two nights ago. And the one thing I loved about this builder is he communicates. He lets you know what's the next step is, what, what the process is. And even when you go to like a doctor and they say, now, what we're going to do next is this. And they take the time to really explain things to you. I think that is just a key thing. It's kind of like slow down to actually hurry up. But I feel like when people take that time, that is just that communication is just so key. And uh, anyway, and I want to say with the process of you helping us with getting ready for this, the Zoom and you both, Madison and Eric, you both have been so well organized and preparing and communication. I can see you're going to be so successful at what you do because you're doing it already with even what you're doing with your Zoom and building your legacy building builders and and your paths you're going to take in life for you, Madison. I don't know where you're going exactly, but I know you're going to be a success because I can already see what you're learning from your dad and your mom too. I know her too, and she's a great gal. Thank you guys so much. That, that really means a lot. Yeah, the only other thing I'm going to add, just I'm looking from my perspective, because that's all I know, is when I was, was coming along in my 20s and 30s, and I'm, I briefly touched on this earlier, it is very easy to start looking at people in their 40s and 50s and we have people do this all the time. Oh man, your house, your this, your that. Mm. That's accumulation effect. I didn't come, we didn't buy this where we live right now just because we can afford that much in a house payment. No, you don't afford a house this big. You don't have that much of a house payment because you have a larger down payment. You've accumulated or you have cash and you pay cash for it. Uh, so if you're younger and you're comparing yourself to older, that's not even a fair comparison. You'll always, in fact, you'll pass a lot of them that are older that just didn't accomplish a lot in their life. And that's not good or bad. So if you want to get competitive, it's great. That's fine. Compete with someone that's similar to you in your age. Look and learn from the ones that are older and try to learn from their mistakes that you don't make them as well. That's always positive. But remember, mistakes are not a negative because you learn from them and that'll help you in the future. Uh, so it's work hard, work smart and keep saying, how can I change that? Or how can I get better at it? But you can become very unhappy if all you do is compare. Mm. Uh, so if you set your goal and it's like right now we're setting our goals and it's funny, I used to want to be number one or, or be up there in the competing of it. Now I don't have a desire to be number one. I have a desire to say, here's how much I want to make. This is how much I want to make over it. So I can do ABC. Mm. And if I make that 
then I can go do something that I want to do. And that has actually been more exciting in the later part of my career than the beginning. It was just survival and make money and try to pay the bills and try to develop and build. Now it's like, okay, next year we're, we want to take uh, our anniversary trip and we're going to do a Viking river cruise in Europe. And nice. so it's fun to start looking at those and saying, all right, how much do we want to spend? Because it's not inexpensive. Right. And say, all right. If we sell this much this year or this much next year, we can write the check. It's no big deal. We can write it now, but I'd rather go earn it. <laughs> so, right. So that's that a key lesson right out. there too. Yeah. Because yeah, we could pay the bill right now, but I want to earn it and pay for it out of future earnings. Keep what we have invested where it is. So it keeps working for us. Kind of uh, mine sort of in parts, but knowing knowing who you are, whose you are, kind of gives you that that connection to your your lineage, your royalty, your 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 connection, your foundation. So so knowing that, and then um, knowing where you came from, <laughs> kind of the same thing. We're uh, we're children of God. We're from that heavenly kingdom and, and put on earth. You know, here to do the the king's work here on earth. So that's that authority part of it, which is all great. Well, and it's uh, that potential. Of, of authority, but how do we do that here on this earth? And that's where it's like understanding our purpose is how this whole thing flows down into what our, what we're supposed to be doing here on this earth. So I, I love that combination is like, yes, get that foundation, right? You know, who are you? Whose are you? Where did you come from? And then finally, what are you called to do? It's like, once you get that locked down, it's like, now you're, you're ready. And uh, that's probably the biggest thing for our boys. It's just like, man, what is that? And it's cool seeing it. We talked about Nathan earlier. It's like, wow, you know, this, this mowing thing is really, really coming strong, you know? Is that it? And just kind of nurture it and just keep, keep putting stuff in, keep putting him in situations to, is he going to get tired of it? I mean, who knows? He could be tired of it. And then, okay, what is it? What is his purpose and assignment? But right now that's the thing, you know? So, um, and it's like, find that thing and, It'll, it'll serve you well, you know, all the way through. If you find it at a young age, a lot of people, I mean, you've heard of this, uh, they go to college to find themselves. It's like, that's an expensive way to find yourself. <laughs> so that's our goal as, as parents is like to get that foundation in them. So they already know what they're called or have a real good idea of the start of that purpose. You know, obviously the, you know, God's path will, will change and expose you to different things, but um, if you have that mindset, it'll keep you out of a lot of trouble because <laughs> you're focused on stuff. And uh, everything that's an opportunity isn't an opportunity. So your purpose being your your goal is going to, I mean, some opportunities will flow right into it. That's a true opportunity. And then other opportunities um, would actually be distractions to that. So that's kind of my, my biggest take. So I'll piggyback off of that and say that the key thing is relationship. And uh, a, a twofold kind of relationship, relationship with Jesus, um, knowing whose you are, your identity, that kind of thing, and not, not misconstruing that with religion, but having relationship, a personal relationship with Christ. And then on top of that, having relationship with people, making those two priority in that office order relationship with christ and relationship with people that that is what we're called to do that's our mandate here on earth him 
and then each other first. Um, and then everything else will fall in line, fall in place. I think sometimes we can get so uh, distracted on the materialistic things where mm-hmm. we're um, trying to become successful to gain and have so much of everything else in the world uh, to the point of neglecting relationship with Christ and relationship with each other, um, even to the point of stepping over or on people to, to gain the wealth and the success. But I think it is so important for us to remember that um, even when you get to that point of having all the wealth in the world, all of the success, if you're alone with no one to share it with because you have burned every bridge, uh, ruined every relationship, you're still not going to be satisfied and, and happy. You're not going to find that, that, that peace and that joy. And the only way that that will come is if you maintain relationship in both directions. So uh, that, that would be my, my two cents. It, it was important for me to have Audrey, especially at that time, because of everything that we had experienced together, even without her knowing it, um, it was important to me that she see me not just when I'm crossing a finish line, either physically or, um, or literally or metaphorically. Sorry. Like, I wanted her to also see me when I was really pushing, like training, gutting it out. Um, so she would see me when I was training or she would see me work late. I mean, when she was a toddler, I got all of my licenses um, when she was a toddler. I would put her to bed and I would study late at night. And sometimes, oh, the amount of times she would wake up and just not go to bed or she would come into my room, like she would come into my room and she'd see me just at my desk, just studying away. Like I wanted her to be involved and see me still striving for my dreams, my passions, um, because I want to encourage that in her too. Like she knows without a shadow of a doubt that whatever she is passionate about, we are behind her 100%. And like gymnastics is a perfect example. It's a massive time commitment. It is a financial commitment, but we have told her like, Hey, we are here for as far as you want to take this. The minute that you say, Hey, this isn't for me anymore. Like let us know. But until that happens, like we are behind you a hundred percent. Like we will get the right people. We will, you know, do all the things. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's just, I guess in a way we kind of set the tone for that, for, for her life and eventually for Hans as he starts pursuing things that he's passionate about. Yeah. I think what's super, well, what's super important about, about that too, is the example that is set. And I know like with specifically with gymnastics, we will, We'll take her to there and a lot of there's nothing wrong with this a lot of parents will stay and like watch the entire thing and she's there's been many times she's like hey can you like come in and watch me this, you know stay for practice we're like no like i gotta go to work and like and she understands sometimes you will you know kind of try to catch the, the, the tail end of it but she understands we've explained to her of like hey like 
you're doing gymnastics because we're able to afford it. And the only way we can afford that is if we are also working and for her to see us pursue our passions or to know that like, Hey, yeah, after gymnastics, yeah, we got to go like for me, like we got to go pick up some meat. We got to go do this. You know, like it's just, you're along for the ride just as much as I'm along for your ride and the things that you're passionate about. Like I'm, I'm here with you. You're here with me, but also like we make sure we like, we haven't missed a, a gymnastics competition and it's also exciting for us it's like hey we haven't seen her do all this we get to see her progression and it's like it's super exciting yeah and all that but um yeah I think more than anything it's just it's the example that's set that if you want to pursue an instrument she's like oh I'm interested in that I'm like okay well yeah let's let's do it you know but you know don't be just willy-nilly about it like let's pursue it you know but but I will say with that uh, we made it very, very clear early in our marriage and even before that when it was just her and I that, like, I will not be a taxi driver. So, you know, right now you're only eight. Like, let's stick to one thing. Let's be all in. And if you say, hey, that's not for me anymore, cool. Like, we'll, you know, finish it out, but then we'll be done with that and you can pursue something else. But, um, you know, she's not going to be in, or Hans, they're not going to be in, like, eight things at once. It's just, it's too much. And, you yeah. know, we still have our lives and things that we want to pursue and, and a marriage to invest into. And that's why like bedtime around here, unless it's a special occasion or we have friends over or a weekend, like we take bedtime seriously, like eight o'clock, you are in your room, lights out, it's bedtime. Yeah. Cry it out, read a book, whatever. But like, it's bedtime because from eight to 1030, like that's our time. Like yeah. that's when we get to invest into like spending time together or working on projects or, yeah. um, yeah, it's just like, we also need our time. Yeah. We can't, we can't lose ourselves for our kids. It's like completely backwards to thinking like we, like we have to be ourselves for our kids. And if we're not, being creative, if we're not pursuing the things that we love, we absolutely will not be the best versions of ourselves mm -hmm. to our kids in terms of parenting, our patients, our, uh, the example we set, like they will see a shell of who we really are. Well, I can't explain justice unless I kind of give a backdrop to something Eric said. Uh, Eric and Madison that came down for an event in Nashville, we went out dinner one night and I, we were on the way back to the hotel uh, to drop them off, me and my daughter. And I looked at Eric and said, man, you ought to take your family and move to Tennessee. <laughs> he says, what? I said, yeah, come on down. Me and you'll start a business and we'll get it going. Guys, for a man to, who has lived in a certain area with all his family all of his life, you have to have unique hear something like that and six months later he's in Tennessee um if you can't tell I mean if you're looking at this video Eric is a white guy I'm a black guy but we don't see our skin color we see the purposes of God that's what legacy is about legacy right. is about taking what God brings into our life recognizing the beauty and value of it and being willing to move so um, I don't know that I would have been able to do 
respond the way Eric does. Then that takes courage. That takes a fortitude. That takes a man. I I I can't even begin to tell you what type of man it takes to hear God speak to him in that way to be able to make a move like that. So Eric, again, I can't talk about justice without saying you are a model of much of what I believe justice is all about. And here's the essence of justice. I'm gonna give you the definition first. I usually don't do this, but tonight I think it's the best way. After several years of study and being challenged on this, I felt I needed to, uh, by scripture, and with a simple elevator answer, give anybody what I see biblical justice to be. Biblical justice is this. Any individual, male or female, who willingly use their capability and means to remove oppression by putting things right for others in a just way for the just one. To willingly be able to do that. Now, why is that important? Because injustice is to have the ability, the capability and means, and be unwilling to remove the oppression or put things right for another person in a just way for the just one. So we end up doing injustice because we either won't do it or we do it in the wrong way. And what a person has to realize is if God brings a situation across your path, then you're probably the person he wants to use to correct that situation. The parable of the Samaritan in the Bible becomes a phenomenal example of that. Yes, well, I, I see, I know that um, Eric touched on this a little bit, but I did want to add to this too, because I would say it is one of the greatest lessons um, is the concept of God as father. Um, because whether you have a great relationship, um, a horrible relationship with either your parents or family members, they're never going to be perfect, even if they're the greatest parent in the world. And so whatever that gap is, you know, whether it's a great parent, but not perfect or not a great relationship at all, you still need God as father. And so I think that um, has significantly impacted my life since, and it's still a journey, you know, there's still, um, you know, wounds that I'm working through or lies that I sometimes believe because of how I grew up. But the more that I go back to focusing on God as father and God as perfect father and my provider, um, that's when I, I feel like then I'm not lacking. You know, even though I don't have a relationship with my parents, now I'm not lacking because I have God as father. So um, wherever you're at on that spectrum, I think that that's a really valuable thing to learn and will just help you grow in your faith and um, in, you know, hope overall. Yeah, that's so good. So well said. Kendra, what about you? Greatest lesson um, or best <laughs> advice? <laughs> Well, I would love to just take what Lindsay said, because that was beautiful. Um, <laughs> so I guess adding on to that, um, I would also just encourage people like therapy and counseling is such a great resource. And if that is something that you can do, like, please take the time to do it. Even if you're not a person that you feel like, you know, is struggling in an extreme way, like you just have smaller things that you want to work through, or maybe you didn't have that safe space growing up. Um, it's really made an impact for me to know that on one hour on Tuesdays, I have a room that is just mine and I get to say whatever I want and I get to feel however I am feeling and I don't have to hide anything. And working through those, those challenges has just been um, 
just so important. So I would absolutely encourage if there's anybody who's uh, maybe scared, there's such a stigma around therapy that I'm glad that we're kind of dismantling. Um, but there, it does not mean you're weak. It does not mean um, that you're crazy or any you know terrible stigma that we put on it. But it just means honestly that you're strong and that you're willing to face the hard stuff. So that, that would be an encouragement. So good. So good. Micaiah, what about you? Yes. Well, ditto to both of those things. This is really good. <laughs> um, I think one thing that kind of was a mantra in my life when I was really just first starting this healing journey was this idea that I am loved in this moment more than I ever have been and more than I ever will be. And nothing I can do is going to change that because then that allows me to when something in a interpersonal relationship is struggling or I'm having a hard time or I don't feel as close to God as I like, just that reminder just really brings me a lot of peace in my life. And I think when you can make decisions from a place of knowing that you're already loved and secure, um, that's just a game changer. So whenever it feel, feels like you're at the end of the road or, you know, everything is failing or you're not going to do any better or everything is just down, just keep pushing because there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and we all have bad days, but like my dad said, um, there is always someone who is having it a lot worse than you are. And so just keep pushing and we'll get through it. In this season, you know, I'm, I'm, lear I'm learning that, you know, as parents, sometimes we, we want to live our lives uh, vicar vicariously through our children. Um, and we, we kind of we want to see through them we want to see them maybe accomplish and do uh, things that we were not able to accomplish and do as, as children. And, and sometimes we can, we, we can try to artificially direct them, you know, in a place that they may not be willing or wanting to go. Um, and, you know, I say all that to say, I say all that to say this, you know, I, I feel like I, the relationship that I have with, um, with my girls, I feel like it's, Feel like it's a good relationship you know um, but as a father uh i've struggled with my relationship with my son and so uh you know on saturday this past saturday um i had to have a conversation with him and, you know i had to apologize uh to him you know i'm trying not to get emotional right now but i had to apologize to him uh for not being uh the father that that uh that he needed me to be, you know, I had, I had other plans for him and, um, maybe those, those plans that I had for him were not going according to the way I wanted them to go. And so it kind of, it kind of made me a little, I guess a little, maybe a little distant from him. And um, while he was going in a different direction, and uh, you know, I kind of feel like as a father, you know, to a son, uh, I, you know, I could have been a better father to him. And so I had to apologize to him on Saturday, 
And, uh, you know, a lot of times we see, <clears throat> we see people, we see families from the outside and we look at them and everything looks good. You know, you look at these families and everything looks good, or, or at least that's the perception that people have. You know, we post all the good stories and good photos on Facebook and, and the good news on Facebook, but, but believe it or not, every family has some dysfunction. They do. And not every family is perfect. And I don't care who the family, I don't care who the, the you know, T.D. Jakes, you know, there's dysfunction going on in people's families. And, um, you know, the blind spot for me, you know, in dealing with my son, you know, as, as you know, I've, I've been able to recognize that blind spot and, and, and praying and hoping that, you know, moving forward, we can take the necessary and corrective actions to kind of mend that relationship so that I can have the same relationship that I have with them. I can also have that with him. And so, um, you know, I say all that to say, you know, each child is different. Um, and so the way you raise one child may not work for the next child. And so as a parent, you always have to be open to, to being creative um, and, and looking for, for ways to make sure that 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 specific child is getting what they need from you as a parent and not necessarily you pushing down what you think they need, if that makes sense. I'd say uh, never give up, you know, just, you know, um, keep God first and um, never give up. Always have passion in what you do. Um, put your best foot forward, um, you know, um, try to stay solid. Um, there's going to be ups and downs, but regardless, if you keep pushing and if you're, you're, you're never out the game, if you're, you're never, you're never out of it. If you don't, if you don't quit, you know, don't quit, don't quit. You know, once you're still in, you're still in it, whatever it is, follow your dreams. If you feel like you want to, you know, be an artist or you want to do real estate, just keep on pushing, just keep on pushing. And so, you know, perseverance, perseverance. That's what I would say, you know, just keep pushing. Don't take life so seriously, you know, um, don't worry about tomorrow. I love there, it's one of my favorite scriptures because tomorrow has its own set of problems. Don't be anxious, right? Just let go, let God, and, 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 and try to be an example to someone else. You know, always try to look at who's watching me. Who's watching me? How can I impress someone else? Doesn't that necessarily be um, our children? But we're living in a time now with so much going on. People need to be loved. Just show love and compassion wherever you go. That's that would be just coming the advice. It's simple, and I think the, sometimes people make things more complicated than what they really are. You know, God is love. So just, if we could just keep that loving heart, it keeps us from being stressed out. <laughs> I mean, it does, because if you we get too worked up about things, I do, and we still will, right? But that's just the advice to at least try. We're going to have those days where we're going to be just, we know all of this. 
but human nature is going to take us elsewhere, you know, but so, but if we could just let go and let God and just live each day and look at this as a, a gift, it's a journey, you know, and enjoy that, just enjoy the journey because the journey is more exciting to me than the destination. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Legacy Builders podcast. We would love to hear from all of you. Go tag us on Facebook and Instagram and let us know what the biggest takeaway from today's episode was.